understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to The Stranded Podcast. This is not your normal episode. This is a bonus episode, and we are calling it 15-Minute Fridays. Uh, This came from an idea because I skipped, I promised you an episode every Tuesday, and I have already skipped April the 10th due to preparing for the TEDx talk I was chosen for. And I look back on the month and I felt like I really didn't provide enough content. And I asked all my guests to be vulnerable. So I figured this 15 minute Friday could be an opportunity for me to share or share lessons or ideas or concepts. Um, or vulnerable moments that I dealt with during the week with you all. So for our first 15-minute Friday, I am going to jump straight into the question I've been asked for the last two weeks and the DMs and the text messages, which, oh my God, I love you guys so much for being so concerned and considerate and showing so much love. But uh, I have gotten a lot of questions about my TEDx experience. And if you're just jumping on, I was chosen to do a TEDx talk on April the 12th. um, It was nothing short of amazing. It was such an amazing opportunity and it was such a journey to get there. I had about a month to prepare. And for those of you that are asking me how in the hell did I memorize a 10 to 12 minute speech, uh, there was a few things I did in particular. One was interval training, which uh, I was taught by Charles Clark, which was my one of my interviewees on my podcast prior to this, he's a public speaker, very polished, and he taught me the interval technique, which is just to have it on, have your speech on note cards and do like 15 minutes on reading it, 15 to 30 minutes, reading it back to back to back, and then taking like a 15, 30 minute break and doing it over and over and over for as long as you can handle, whether that's two, three, four hours. And I was doing that three to four nights a week uh, while my boyfriend watched our son. And what I also did was I used my tools, right? Because you have to be as resourceful as you can. I used my podcast equipment and I recorded my speech on an audio episode and I played it so that every time that I was unable to practice driving to work, driving home or road trips for work, I played it back to back to back. And believe it or not, it really engraved the speech in my head. And then, of course, I took the opportunity to read it to any strangers that I could, especially people that were unbiased and didn't know me very well and could give me a very clear-cut judgment on the speech. And due to that, I did actually end up changing it three weeks before, but it worked out really, really well. I had an opportunity to get a coach that was uh, given to us through the TEDx USF St. Pete program. And he was amazing, taught me some really cool things about body language and my pacing and my hand movements, but didn't restrict me in which I thought that was super cool. So leading up to this event, like I said, I had a month to prepare. The week of was pure chaos. I think I had three rehearsals and rehearsed the entire day up until the moment I hit the stage. And I want to say 
five seconds before I hit the stage, I really felt like, if I were just honest, I really felt like I wasn't, I, I didn't have my lines. I was going to mess up. And thank the Lord, I somehow got up there and it was seamless and I didn't. But I did use a technique that I was given by the film production company uh, just minutes before I hit the stage. And the film manager told me, I'm not sure that that was his title, but he did approach me and say, listen, if you get up there and you mess up your lines, just pause. Pause for as long as you want. And I said, what about the audience? And he said, there's 100 people here. So you're right. 100 people will see that you messed up. But the rest of the world and YouTube won't see it because I'll cut it out. So just pause. Don't say, don't say, oh, crap. Don't stop. Say, oh, I forgot. I need to start over. Don't say anything. Just pause. And there was a brief moment in my speech where I did forget my lines. And I paused. But it couldn't have been more than 20 seconds. And several people afterwards said things like, you were so passionate in those dramatic pauses at the right time. And I was like, little do you know, I just forgot my lines. I did not do that on purpose. (laughs) But the experience was amazing because I got to work alongside seven other chosen speakers. And what I thought was so cool about what they did was they really chose people that had their own expertise and realm you know, here I am talking about kids and mentoring and uh, the ripple effect. But there were people that were, we were just from all walks of life. There was a young woman that talked about uh, your corks and she was an etiquette coach. She was phenomenal. Uh, you know, shout out to Patricia Rossi. And then there was a, a someone that spoke about how we're data machines and, and languages, our use of data and just stuff that was far beyond my mind capacity. There was a woman that talked about how yoga helped her deal with her traumatic situation and how it's helped people overcome trauma. Mind-blowing stuff. Just the most amazing experience. I met the most amazing people, and I feel like I got over-trained in public speaking like on the fast-track course in a month. And I truly, truly enjoyed it. It's something I'll never forget. And um, I would strongly, strongly encourage anyone that wants to do any type of public speaking to apply for a TEDx talk. And yes, it's easier than you think. You just have to know when the application's open and apply. And as long as it's open to the public, because I've heard that some aren't, you can apply. So why not, right? (laughs) So that was my TEDx experience in a nutshell. I wanted to jump into something else. um, And it's that... (laughs) I wanted to share with you guys that I actually celebrated my birthday uh, last uh, April 15th. I want to say that was two Sundays ago. And it was three days after my TED talk, TEDx talk. So a crazy, amazing week, right? One of the biggest goals I've ever achieved. And then two days later, I get to celebrate my birthday. So my good friends are around. My mentor was here to see me speak. Phenomenal, just phenomenal week. And Sunday, I go to lunch. It's pouring. My boyfriend and I, we celebrate with friends for hours because it's almost hailing outside. Perfect weekend. Someone watched my son for free. It was amazing. We go pick him up. We decide to Netflix and chill it because it's disgusting out. Just a very rainy day. And we come home, and I'm happy, and we're just hanging tight. And I go to give my son a bath, and I find myself crying hysterically. And I promise you, I'm being as honest with you as I can. 
I couldn't for the life of me figure out why I was crying. For a moment, I looked at my son and I thought, maybe this is just gratitude. Maybe I'm just really grateful for his life. And then I was like, no, maybe it's just, is this a midlife crisis? (laughs) I had no, I promise y'all, I had no idea why I was crying. I'm not old enough to have a midlife crisis. So what is going on here? Thank God for my patient boyfriend. I call him upstairs. We start talking about it. He's going through everything he can think of. We're really searching, trying to figure out why am I sad and having a a mental breakdown on my birthday. What's wrong with me? Did I expect a gift that I didn't get? Did I, did he, did he's asking me if I liked the party that he threw me, you know, well, your mentor was just here. Did she make you sad or do you miss your friends? What, 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 what? And we literally ended it on a dead note because I was just sad and I didn't know why. And I was like, why am I so sad on my birthday? This is crazy. And it was in that moment it had hit me, but I had been fine the whole weekend, of course. So we ended it there and a whole week goes by. And then this past weekend, I'm at the gym and I'm listening to Marie Forleo's podcast. And if you do anything with online marketing um, and have an online business, I would strongly, strongly encourage you to check it out amazing content. And I just happened to fall on an episode. I mean, I was scrolling through her old episodes and I fell on an episode with a woman that I'd never heard of, a woman named Danielle, I think Danielle Laporte. And she told this story that I swear the light bulb in my head went off. She talked about how she was, it was New Year's Eve and she was with friends sitting around a fire setting goals and she had her chance to read her goals and everyone was like, oh my God, this is going to be such an amazing year for you. And it clicked to her that she didn't feel good about it. She wasn't excited about her goals and she couldn't understand why. And from that moment on, she went on a search to figure out what is it? Why do we keep setting these goals and they don't make us feel any better about ourselves? And she talked about how you can achieve a goal and still be upset with yourself because you achieve it too fast and you think you, well, that was easy. I I could have, I guess I was thinking too small. I could have went bigger, you know? And then she said that some people go to achieve a goal and then they see something shinier and prettier and then they get sidetracked and then they don't achieve either goal and they get upset with themselves or they do achieve the goal and then they don't have another one. I've been in both those places. I've achieved my biggest goals, you know, master's degree and didn't know where to go next. And I did this TEDx talk and kind of overprepared for it and was overexcited. And when it was done, it was almost like the journey was the best part. And what she said that was so just striking to me was that we don't think about what we want to feel when we achieve our goals. And she dug really deep into it because you and I's, most people's initial reaction to that would be, you know, simple things like, well, I want to feel like I want people to know how intelligent I am. But then I imagine people walking around telling me I'm intelligent and that's not attractive. That's not what I want. That's not even appealing to me. And she said, dig really, really deep. You know, if, if me giving a speech was that of that, I wanted to feel intelligent. That's not it. Well, maybe I wanted to feel respected. Well, not really. But what is respect? Respect is being loved. 
And when she said that, I was like, that's what I wanted. There was a part of me that subconsciously thought I was going to give this speech and I would be more loved. And isn't that what a lot of us do? We do something and it is our goal. It's not like we're doing it for somebody else. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes we're reaching for goals for the wrong reasons. But, you know, we just subconsciously do something anticipating, well, people will love me more after this. They'll, they'll, want, want, they'll desire me more. You know, it's, it just blew my mind. And so she talked about how being clear on what you want to feel when you set your goals Do you want to feel loved? Do you want to feel respected? Even do you want to be, do you want to feel sexy? Do you want to feel like a goddess when you walk in the room? What do you want to feel? And being clear on that and being open about that and then reminding yourself, you know, creating four or five desirable core feelings or values every year and then waking up every day and and making decisions and choices and, and inadvertently adjusting your goals to make sure that you feel that every day. I mean, she talked about joy being a primary, like joy and and feeling sexy and feeling like a goddess being her primary feelings. In order for her to feel joy, her goals had to be centered around freeing up her time so she could spend more time with her family. And in order for her to feel like a goddess, she had to carry herself in a certain way. She had to bring that, attract that, and she had to work out every day. And she had to think every day, every week, every quarter, every month, every year, what am I doing to get closer to those feelings? And that to me was just, personally, it was just revolutionary because I was like, we don't think about what we want to feel when we achieve a goal. And so I guess I'll leave you with this. The next time you set your goals, vision yourself, envision yourself meeting and achieving that goal. You know, whether it's graduating or, you know, when you're walking across the stage or when you get to that super fit size that you envision yourself getting to, you know, before the summer, what do you want to feel? And then make sure every decision that you make after that and what you give out to the world, if you want love, you give love. If you want respect, you give respect that you're giving that to the world so that in return, you're attracting it. And I'll leave you guys with that. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.